The Weekend Warrior, every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court, the field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Having so much fun with the world and topic of carving in wood in art and sports and in surgery. And certainly about food. Let's uh, take some calls. Let's go to Zach in Studio City. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you going? I'm doing great. How are you? How young are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, I am a high school teacher. I'm 37 years old here oh, in uh, wow. California, in L.A. Where'd you grow up? What'd your father do for uh, a living? What a high school? Uh, I went, uh, I'm from Humboldt County, so wow. Eureka. Wow. My, my dad grew up in Concord, so in the Bay Area, and wow. uh, he was also a high school teacher. Wow. E the teacher. subject that you teach? Uh, I do American government, econ, and psychology. Wow. That's awesome. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to UCLA, but before that, I went to about eight community colleges. So I figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> wow. I, listen, let me tell you something. UCLA, I'm rooting for them. I think they may be better than USC this year. They, they, USC better look out. Everybody thinks they're the super-duper team. LA has a quarterback now that is very special at UCLA, so... It's really been a pleasure watching football finally here in Los Angeles in the college ranks. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you. I actually, I have four daughters, so we tend to pay attention to the other football at UCLA. So we watch the women's team, which is, uh, I think, currently ranked number one in the nation, at wow. least top five. God bless you. Awesome. All right. How can I help you? What's up with you? No, you made me think of something. Uh, you, you're you're doing a wood episode, and ten years ago, I thought you might find this interesting. I had surgery on my hand. I had pain in my hand, hmm. and when the orthopedic surgeon opened it up, they found this scar tissue ball. But with that, they found about 21 centimeters of my nerve had basically turned to wood, and that was the term he used. Hmm. He was like, "It's basically bamboo wood. We hmm. don't know what happened to your nerve." Uh, granted, that doctor was good enough to take another two years of trying to figure out what it was. It ended up being sarcoma, But it just mm. reminded me of, like, he had never seen wood and they had doctors saying it was leprosy and other things. He was like, no, like, this mm. is different. Um, but it's it just that descri uh, descriptive word of wood made me think of it because that's what you're going through today. Yeah. What do you think of this crazy topic, huh? I, I love it. I love it. My uh, my grandfather was a woodshop teacher for 30 years, so uh, the idea of wood is just great. I love so, it. So now that you brought this up, it's all your fault, Zach. So I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story of what happened to me. So you listen to the show, right? You know what Clapper Vision is, right? Oh yes, yes. So in preparing for this show, you know, I'm talking to a guy who makes baseball bats. What? Where's that relevant in my world of surgery? In sports which we get baseball but in art oh my god so i started to do some homework and i started to look into wood carving relevance in the world of art in the world of music and that's where i came up with the whole idea of the drumstick okay i get it that there is a difference to the tip the shaft the taper 
The ship could be teardrop, it could be barrel, it could be round. Like I never even realized all the subtleties to it. But what connects the tip of the drumstick to the barrel of the drumstick is this nice, slow, steady taper. Okay, so you go from being thick to thin. That's what's called a taper. Well, guess what? This sound bites that I'm pulling with Ringo Starr talking about the the field of play and how he's a left-handed drummer getting to the right side of the kit, and that's why Ringo Starr, his drumming sound different. But I couldn't stop not paying attention, and I'll, I'm going to play the sound bite right now. Here we go. There are three main tip shapes that you'll find with all drumstick companies. The standard teardrop tip, barrel tips, and round tips. While you won't notice that much of a difference on the kit, the ride cymbal sound changes a lot. Here are all three 5B models played on the same ride cymbal. This going from teardrop to round to barrel and the diff- you can hear the sound is different, same shape, different and also how important the taper is. So I'm in an orthopedic meeting this week at Cedars because I'm one of the directors of the joint replacement program at Cedars. And the modern hip replacement that we do, the ball of the ball and socket joint that we use can come in different sizes, thicknesses, shapes. It can be made from metal with a cobalt chrome, titanium or the one I like to use now ceramic okay and it sits it fits with a taper on the shaft the big metal part that goes into your femur for a hip replacement they're presenting a case of a hip surgery that failed why because of what's called trunnionosis the fancy word for basically the scraping of the two metal surfaces on each other can cause a reaction in the body, like an allergic reaction that could cause pain and loosening and all kinds of trouble, which happened in this particular person. And it's not that uncommon. It occurs more than you like. And it's because of the metal touching metal and the way it's attached is through that shape, the way you carve the metal, it's a taper, okay? And it's the drumstick. And I'm putting together these sound bites for the show to talk about how the drumstick sounds different when you listen based on the tip and the taper, how it's carved. It sounds different. And I'm sitting there listening to this lecture, this case being presented of failed hip surgery because the two metal surfaces are scratching each other instead of remaining quiet with each other. And I couldn't help myself. I said, you know, I've got to raise my hand now to say something that may not make sense to you guys, but I just put together these sound bites for the show this Saturday and how the taper sounds different to a drummer depending on the the tip and how it meets the rest of the shaft of the drumstick. That's what you can hear. Well, guess what? If the taper's not right with this implant, you obviously can't hear inside someone's hip, but vibration through air is sound vibration of two metal pieces not kissing properly can cause wear. We can hear it in the drumstick, and that is why that hip failed. It's exactly what happens with a drumstick. And I can tell you right now, Zach, the people in the room, these are orthopedic surgeons, 
Oh, look at me going. Okay, he's gone over the deep end again. Here he is in this talk about why this hip failed. He's talking about drumsticks. But can I tell you something? It's exactly yeah. right. And you're a teacher, so you kind of know what I'm talking about. How when you, if you go the route of teaching your lesson plan, if that audience, that student has got this look on their face like deer in the headlights, you got to quickly now figure out how to make a metaphor and say, well, what happened here is like what happened here. That's what a teacher does, right, Zach? I mean, that's what you got to do. And here, yeah, you if, you're, if your eyes are wide open, your ears are wide open, exactly hearing the sound different with the tapers being different can cause failure in these hip surgeries for the same damn reason. What do you think of that? I, I love it. Uh, the, your, your analogous thinking skills is one of the reasons why I love the show, and I try to get the kids to listen to it because that's how you have to view things and, and just to not bring it back just to mine, but that's why my doctor was successful in figuring it out Right, because he had that feeling of it's wood, so what is it not? It's not leprosy. It's not that stuff. Correct. And then trying to find an analogous thinking structure, figure it out when you don't know what it is. So I, I love hearing it when you connect it like that. Can I tell you something also? Because you've got you trigger so many things in my head. Women, when they get menopause, they lose their typical hormones, right? So they're not going to be childbearing anymore. They're in menopause. The, the progesterone, the estrogen, it changes. Well, as an orthopedic surgeon, one of the side effects that you see in women after menopause is osteoporosis. What exactly does that mean? It means that the calcium, the mineral content, the thickness of their bone, they lose it. The hormones are not behavior. Men don't get it as much. We get it, but we just get it over a longer period of time. But women, bada boom, they go through menopause, look out. They're going to fracture their hip, fracture their wrist. They're losing the, the strength in their bone because of these hormonal changes. So right away, every doctor in America, in the world, you got to be on calcium as if your body is going to take the pill of calcium and put it in the bone. You know what the, your body's going to do with that pill of calcium? It's going to put it wherever it wants. And you know where it wants to put the calcium? In your blood vessel. So I'm surrounded by doctors who all want to give people calcium pills and vitamin D because that's what's going to make your bone dense. And then the drug companies come in because this is big business. If every woman gets this, we better come up with an answer. So they make these drugs that make your bone more dense. Here's the problem. You talk about wood. The problem is, is that they figured out, the drug companies, how to make your bone more dense. So you can pass all the tests. But what you need to realize is the kind of bone it makes doesn't have those blood vessels that are supposed to be there in the bone itself. It's more dense bone, yeah, but it's not healthy bone like it should be with blood vessels. So you read the fine print, the side effects. You're on Fosamax and these drugs for five years. We have to worry about fractures, not because your bone is softer, but because the bone you made is so dense it doesn't have blood vessels in it. And it literally starts to look like wood. It's different than normal bone. So you're absolutely right. You're a surgeon. I, I remember in medical school, they used to say, cancer surgeons used to say, oh, your tumor was as big as a lemon or as big as a plum. They, they, would, they would say, I went to Columbia for medical school. They'd say, do us one favor. When you become a real-life doctor in the community, you should talk about a tumor, how many millimeters it is. 
don't equate it to a fruit because that doesn't help. You know, grapefruit-sized tumors, none of this is helpful. You want to be accurate about it, but you know, you can't help it. You know, they call it nutmeg liver. Right away, we have food analogies of what things look like. But how better to describe that growth that you had in your hand than it was like wood? You now know exactly that it's different. Fortunately, it's benign. It's not something that's going to go throughout your body. But I would be just like that surgeon. Why not use something that you can understand better and relate? Because it's all, Zach, as you know better than anybody else, it's all about the teaching, right? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for being a weekend warrior. Thank you for inspiring me to give a little bit of a lecture here about my philosophy about osteoporosis. Your daughters are lucky to have you as a dad, and we're lucky to have you as a listener. God bless you, and keep doing what you're doing. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Okay, young man. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. Coming up next, I'm so excited. We're going to talk to someone who knows a lot about carving in wood in the world of sports because he makes bats, rutto bats, and he made one for me and everybody else here at ESPN for our softball game. Thanks to the great Clinton Yates for making him do this. But we'll get into the subtleties, that drumstick for Ringo Starr, that surfboard for Donald Takayama, and that bat that those Dodgers sure could, they could use some rutto bats based on last night. We'll get into it coming up next right here on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. He's infectious, and I can say that because I'm a doctor. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Roberto Clapperio. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Knock on wood. Good job, Rebecca. Love it. But let's also give a big shout out to Steve Paulette for all those wacky sound bites. Steve Paulette. This show would not be what it is without you. And I know you're listening in Las Vegas right now. God bless you and thank you for everything. And thanks to Jared Abrams also, who's getting married next Saturday. Can't wait to go to the wedding. He's another big player in the creation and durability of this show. But I'm so excited right now to talk to my next guest because talk about a sweet person and a great move and a professional and a craftsman. I met Kip Rudo at our softball game because I got a bat that he and his company created for all of us here at ESPN. And as the son of a carpenter, to hold wood that's been carved in my hand is the greatest feeling in the world. So, Mindy and Kip, thanks so much for calling in to be with us here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Clubber, for having us today. We are excited to be here. So, yes, so Thank you. Have you been listening at all? Do you have any idea what I've done with this topic, knowing that you were going to be our guest, that I looked into the whole idea of carving wood in music, in sports, in surgery, in food? It's been unbelievable. Have you been listening to what I'm talking about? Yes. We cut the end of it. 
Okay, so I'm going to play some sound bites for you because in the world of art, carving wood, which in a baseball bat becomes an extension of the hand of the player, right? That's what you guys are doing. You're making a handle. You're making a barrel. You're taking a round dowel and carving it to become functional as an extension of someone's hand. Well, guess what? That same principle is the difference between a drummer just banging on the drums and making Beatles songs in the case of Ringo Starr. So I want to play a soundbite talking about the different parts of a drumstick and how you guys can comment on how this is relevant to the different parts and shapes of a baseball bat. So listen to this. A drumstick can be divided into four parts, the tip, the shoulder, the shaft, and the butt. The tip is the front end of your stick, designed to hit the drum heads and cymbals. There are different shapes and materials. The second part, basically called the shoulder of the stick, can be divided into three zones. The neck, directly connecting the tip with the rest of the stick, and usually the thinnest part. The shoulder, where the drumstick reaches its final diameter. And the taper, the part between the shoulder and the neck, where the drumstick narrows down towards the tip. The third part, and usually the biggest section, is the shaft, also known as the body. The stick has a constant diameter in the section. The fourth and last part is the butt. So these are the different parts of the drumstick that make a huge difference in how the music sounds. What is it about a bat? Take us through the different parts of the bat and what it does for each individual player. So we have the barrel where is the home of the sweet spots of a bat. Mm -hmm. So the, the longer the barrel, the sweet spot of a bat, you can get contact with the ball. And then you have the taper that will allow you to, the, the room, the difference between the barrel and the handle transitioning into the, your, hmm. to get your grip in the handle. So two parts is very major, and three parts, barrel, handle, and the knot. So I assume, Kip and Mindy, that they come in different weights. I'm not assuming. I know this. They, there are heavier bats. There are lighter bats. Major League Baseball has a rule that it's got to be made from wood. We, you're not allowed in Major League Baseball, thank God, because all the statistics are now the same because of that, that it should not yeah. be aluminum. They should be in wood. Is there a uniform length? What is it that has to be, other than the wood, is it the length of the bat that has to stay the same? What are the rules that you have to live in to make a baseball bat? So the density is the major. The density of the bat is the major uh the density and the grains, the grain. So as you say, you, you're a doctor, you know, we are also filled like we are a doctor, doctors in a way doing surgery in the wood to mm -hmm. make sure the grains are not, are in the facing specific way mm. and behaving in the next, because of the bad, uh, baseball bad breakages and everything. So it has a spot with the ink dot where it gives you it allows the um, the readability of the bat, how the grains is. Hmm. Now, so basically, yeah. Go, yeah. Ahead. Go ahead, Mindy. So, what's regulated in bats is 
you can have different links. Um, that's allowed, but there's certain, they're monitoring the density, which, um, so there's a certain weight you can't have, uh, you, it can't be too heavy or too light. Right. So, because guys will drill it out and put cork in there and that's cheating. Guys will drill it out and put BBs in there and that's cheating. So you, you have to stay density and you have to be a certain kind of weight. That's, but it can be different lengths that's allowable to be different lengths got it yeah all right. and also yeah. longer than 42 inches got it it cannot be long so there's a there's a a cutoff of what it can't be all right the the technicality of it which is just fascinating to me that the each batter each player essentially has a custom tool that they're using that's carved from wood to be a baseball player and it's, it's just right. so interesting to me. But what's more interesting is, how the hell did you get into the bat business? And how the hell did you guys get married? And how did this become a family? Like, okay, so take us back to the beginning. Because it's got to be the most yep. interesting journey. The two of you being in this business together. So how did this all start, Kip and Mindy? And it's all like, so connected like uh, how we got into baseball how we got together it all meshes into one story all right you go first mindy so well basically it starts where we met <laughs> which well i used to work as a dietitian mm -hmm. and so i was working in nursing homes and kip was working as a cna wow and and That's a certified nurse assistant. That's what that means, a CNA. Yeah. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So every time I came to his unit, he would raise his hand and be like, me, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, this, this guy likes me. <laughs> but uh, so, we, yeah, we, we quickly kind of found each other there. And then... Um, we had been together for a couple of months, and he decided to join the military. Okay. So our relationship became long distance for a, like a year and a half. Hmm. Well, he did his training in the military, and he ended up, you can speak on that. Yeah, I was gone for like uh, two years, and then when I came back, transitioning to civilian life, uh, I decided that we should, I should go to Kenya with her to bring her to see Kenya before we can come back. I'm originally from Kenya. Wow. So what part of I'm Kenya? Bring, uh, Rift Valley. So it's about uh, five hours away from Nairobi. So there's a. Uh, Is it near uh, Victoria Lake? Yes, it's about an hour away from Victoria, an hour and a half. Yeah, I was on a safari in Tanzania, so I was close to your house. That's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. we got to make a trip, Dr. Clapper. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you yeah, know Victoria so Falls, Kip and Mindy, Victoria Falls, the largest waterfall in Africa, the mist that comes from the bottom of those falls covers a 550-mile radius that allows for the, the mist and rain from the mist 24-7 for 50 miles around Victoria Falls. 
That's what's so special about the, of the many things. It's an amazing place for, it's a bucket list place for all of us to go. Okay, so now you take her to Kenya after you're done with yeah, your military so, training. Okay, let's catch up to that. So go ahead. What, what, so I was able to, when we first met and we, she was able to accept me to, you know, we fall in love and, mm-hmm. and then she was able to accept me. I, I had expressed to her one thing that um, I have a lot of responsibility and I want, she's going to be very much uh, a partner in giving back. I've been working with few kids at home uh, after coming to the United States, I kind of like have a, I was able to challenge the Buffalo or my own plate head on. Mm-hmm. So when I came, I was like, I have a lot of responsibilities. There's a few people, there's people I know that if they get this small support, they can make it to mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. these people. So I was able to share that faster and to be like, all right, sometimes you will see me part of my paycheck to help these people. It was very much like a, this is, Kip just has this um, almost like an obligation but passion to give back from where he's from. So when we got together he was very much like, this is who I am. I'm going to be like supporting people um, when I can and if we're going to be together you have to be part of that. You have to, wow. like, that's going to be part of me that I'm not going to change. So, he so has he's, pretty much the, he's pretty much the nicest person that you've ever met in your life. That's what he is. Basically. I was like, okay, so how do I say no to that? Of course. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I'm God. on board. So, All right. I'm still unclear how you get into the baseball bat business. So go ahead. So, so she's scared. That, so she's she didn't give that to herself. She shared that story to our aunt and our family very much. So our aunt, who owned the lumber business, wow. was able to give us some cash on our way to Kenya. Hmm. To help support. To help support the causes that I was working in. Hmm. So when I came back, I was like, wow, this was so nice of this person to really so I was able to ask her if she needs any help. I went to a lumber yard to uh, to volunteer my time while I was still working in school. I was in New Mass at that time and also working, transitioning into civilian life. So I worked for her for almost three years, but she was done. Um, ready she, to retire. She was ready to retire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please, let me buy this business. When I went, the first day I, I arrived at the young, lumber yard, mm-hmm. I was like, this is my jam. This is my thing. This is, it was so familiar to me because I grew up in that lifestyle myself. Mm-hmm. And, and so my aunt's lumber yard was, foc- like, what they focused on was producing baseball bat billets. They didn't make the bats, but they were making billets and sending them to bat companies. So when Kip was working with her, he was hmm. learning all about like processing that wood for that purpose and he started getting curious like so what is what is this game now? You know, like let let me get more into it because he's actually been hmm. introduced to baseball when it was actually his first job when he came to the United yeah, States. Yeah, my first summer job. My first summer job was working at the Parks and Recreation of the City of New Britain, Connecticut. So, you know, and Kim, my job. Was, I, I, I yeah. got to tell you right now, between the two of you, this is just, in a, 
when I ride my surfboard, which is made can be made of wood, and I have them, I go with the flow of the wave. That's what gives me such pleasure. I'm connecting with something that's God-made as I go up and down the wave and I ride it. It's a metaphor because you, the two of you, essentially have done that. You have gone with the flow of something that's been, you want to believe it's fate, that's kismet, whatever it is, but just how you feel connected to this business and how comfortable it was for you to fall into this and accept it rather than fight it is just a beautiful thing to behold. So now I understand how you from Kenya can end up in the baseball bat business because of her aunt. And rather than resenting, fighting, whatever, you just said, nope. This is, I'm going to hitch my wagon and I'm going to do this. It's unbelievable. I got to tell you, because I don't have a lot of time left to talk, but I got to tell you, when I met you at that ESPN baseball game, it was great to get the gift. Everybody said, yep, we're going to have bats made for it. But I got to tell you, Kip, to meet you in person was special. And this, this ability that you have to go with the flow and make your life journey special and touch as many people as you can whether it's baseball bats or being a nurse assistant you're a really special person and it's really an honor and a pleasure to have you as a guest today and i want to thank you for giving us the topic today to learn more about ringo star and donald takiyama through this whole idea of the the power of carving in wood to make an extension of a human being in the world of sports of baseball. It's just awesome to talk to the two of you, and I can't thank you enough for making time. Rudo Bats, there's really a special story behind it, and I'm so glad you were able to tell it to us today. Thanks so much for making time for us. Thank you so much. All right, and I can't wait to meet you again in person. I'm sure they'll have another baseball game. You better, the two of you better fly out so we can really showcase what you're doing again. Thanks again for making time for us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. God bless you guys. Amazing. The great Kip and Mindy from Rudo Bats. What a pleasure. All right, Warriors. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. In the operating room this week, I want to tell you about the value of the ligament. But I also want to do some clap revision on LaMelo Ball. I told you about the shoebox and why he tore his ligaments in his ankle rather than, God forbid, fracturing his foot and ankle. And I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's do some clap revision. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. My mother is felling in heaven right now when you say that. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, Renaissance <laughs> man, sir sculptor, smoother. <laughs> Jeez, Lord have mercy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Ha 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 ha! 
Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Are we out of the woods? I hope not. We're still doing a Weekend Warriors show like we do each and every Saturday. And thanks for telling your friends and your family. You've all become honorary orthopedic surgeons, right? Use some clapper vision. Your spine is like a stack of Oreo cookies. The cookies, the bone, the cream fillings, the disc. Don't you love it? Clapper vision. I love it. And we're going to do some clapper vision with LaMelo Ball's injury. But I first want to tell you a story before I take any of the calls. 30 years ago, more and more, I can't even remember when, I got a phone call from my mom in Florida. I guess my dad, so this is, this is not quite 30 years ago. Maybe it's like 25 years ago. I get a call from my mom in Florida. Robbie, I found your old baseball cards. What do you want me to do with them? Can you imagine? I'm the one lucky Jewish guy whose mother did not throw away his baseball cards. Because every Jewish mother, they just threw them away. Not mine, though. She kept them in a shoebox, which will become relevant to LaMelo Ball. And so I went to go visit my parents in Florida because there's a law in New York. When you turn 65, you have to move to Florida and you have to wear Bermuda shorts that go to your kneecap and wear socks that come up to your kneecap. There's about an inch of skin that is exposed to the sun. This is what Florida's all about. It's hilarious. They have all these crazy rules. I remember going, flying in, and then I would get in the car and drive. I'd drive the car back to the house. My father sitting in the passenger seat would say, Okay, Robbie, get in the right lane. Dad, why? Because in five miles, we're going to have to make a right turn. I go, well, what do I have to get in the right lane now? This is how they drive in Florida. He was already panicked that we were in the left lane and we were going to have to make a right turn in five miles. Okay? Hilarious. And as you get older, you get shorter, right? You shrink as your discs collapse. So all these giant Lincoln Continental and Cadillacs, these boat cars, when you drive behind them, the person driving has become so little, you can't see their head. So you talk about driveless cars. They had this in Florida. They were people driving. You just couldn't see them. And then he had another rule that would used to drive me crazy. Oh, my God, Robbie. I go, what? We got to get gas. I said, what? we have a half a tank. No, we need to get gas. Don't you know, Robbie, it's bad for the car if it be- goes below a half a gallon, a half a tank? I go, who made up these rules in Florida? This is what they all believe. You got to put gas in the car if it goes below a half a tank because this is bad for the car. Oh, my God. Anyway, this is Florida. So I flew to Florida to see because my mother had salvaged some way, somehow, my baseball cards. I have Nolan Ryan's rookie card. I had every card collected by flipping and trading from 1968 Topps baseball cards. It was awesome. I fly to Florida, and I go into the attic to get these cards. She can't climb up there, but she knew they were up there. I don't know why. While I was up in the attic, speaking of wood, which is the topic for today, there's a box. There's a wooden box next to my shoebox filled with the baseball cards. I said, Mom, what's this? I don't know. So I bring it down from the attic. I'm in the garage with her. We open the wooden box. And you know what's in there? Hundreds of letters that my father wrote to my mom during World War II. 
Now, you got to realize they were censoring the letters. You couldn't say, I'm near the Rhine River in Germany or wherever my father was going through, the Black Forest and all the stuff he was doing because they didn't want the GIs to tip off the Nazis of what they were doing. So it was kind of like top. So they'd have people who would read the letters. But my father wanted my mother to know where he was. So he, I don't know if my mother ever got it, but he used to use in the letter, he would talk about a song or a Broadway show that had reference to, like I say, the Rhine River. There must have been some kind of song. I remember him telling me this. But to try to get to my mother's, into her head that where he was, that he was okay. But they were just the most incredible letters about his journey in World War II. And it was awesome to see them. Well, my mom gave these letters to my older sister. And she has put them into a book. It's called, you know, my dad's name was Abraham, Abraham Clapper. And now there's a book called Love Abe, because that's how he signed his letters. And today, between 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock, at the Thousand Oaks Library, I don't know where that is. You'll have to go to Thousand Oaks and find the library. My sister will be signing books. So if you want to learn more about the World War II, in my mind, greatest hero, my father, you'll be able to see it. And when you go, just tell them. The Weekend Warrior Show sent you, which will be awesome. Let's talk a little bit about LaMelo Ball. When you buy a pair of shoes, the lower box that the shoes are sitting in has a lid on top that fits perfectly. There's no glue. There's no Velcro. There's no button to snap. You know what a shoe box is like. The bottom and the lid fit perfectly so it's quite snug. Well, right now, if you look at your ankle, don't do this while you're driving, but make your foot go up and down. When your foot comes up to get off the gas, we call that dorsiflexion. When your foot goes down, we call it plantar flexion. I'm here to tell you that the lid of the shoebox is the exact shape of the end of the shin bone, the tibia, as it enters the ankle joint. The shoe box, the lower part of the shoe box, not the lid, this beautiful cube-like shape is almost the kind of shape that the talus bone is, which is essentially the ball, the ball and socket joint of your ankle. So the talus bone is like the bottom of the shoe box. The end of the tibia is the lid. That's your ankle joint. And in essence, your ankle moves up and down because the shoe box, the lower box, moves under the lid perfectly and is stable. Well, if you were to roll your ankle with your foot maximally up, dorsiflexion, your foot is off the brake. When you roll your ankle, you're going to break the bone. You're going to break the box. But what I want you to know is the tailless bone is wider in the front 
than it is in the back. So it's as though you took the shoe box, the bottom, and took your hands and and squeezed the back half of the shoe box. So the tailless bone is wide in the front and gets narrow in the back so that the lid works well covering the shoe box is completely containing the talus, the widest portion of the talus, when your foot is maximally off the gas. But because it's narrower in the back, when you go to step on the gas, we call it plantar flex, now the, the, the narrow part, the back part of the talus is what's under the lid, under the, the tibia, and there's wobble. That's why your ankle has play in it particularly when your plantar flexed. So when you roll your ankle with your foot plantar flexed, like you're stepping on the gas, it's not as solidly covered by bone. There's wiggle room. That's when you sprain your ankle. So if your foot is in that position when you roll it, tear your ligament. When your foot is in maximally the up position, off the gas, dorsiflexion, up, you break your ankle. And if you look at the tape, which I did, of LaMelo Ball stepping on the defender's foot, you'll see his foot in the position of plantar flexion, like stepping on the gas. And that is why he has a grade two, a pretty serious torn ligament. He's going to miss the first game of the season for sure. So there's a clap revision for you of LaMelo Ball. And thanks to Steve Paulette for pointing it out. Um, and now you understand why you break your ankle versus tear the ligament. It'll heal. You don't need surgery for it, but it's going to take some time. All right, coming up next, I got to tell you what we're going to do next week. And I also have to tell you, where's that sawdust on the floor? The wood carvings that we're talking about today in the world of food. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? It's Kobe Bryant. Dr. Clapper says, measure twice, cut once. It's the weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper. Il Dr. Clapper dice, misura due volte, taglia una sola volta. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, this is a shout-out. My daughter and wife got to see this woman last night at the Hollywood Bowl. That's right. It's Florence and the Machine. Good job. All right, quick segment here before we come back for the summer, the summary segment and for next week. I want to tell you where the food is, where wood and carving wood is relevant because there's sawdust on the floor like it's been for a hundred years. Rich Binder owns Philippe's, the home of the French dip. That's where it all started. Don't miss it. You live in L.A., you got an obligation to go there because you're missing out otherwise. There's no place like it. I can't even speak. My mouth is watering already. Even Wolfgang Puck says it's the greatest sandwich that he's ever had. Because there's no ketchup. It's mustard, special hot mustard. But that French dip sandwich at Philippe's is the greatest thing you'll ever have. All right, coming up next, we'll get into next week a special guest, 
a special guest in many ways because she comes from my world of surgery, but I'll explain. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warriors Show on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Can't get enough of the Beatles. A heartbeat, literally, of that band was Ringo Starr. Never knew he played drums as a left-handed person on a right-handed drum kit. And that's why he sounded so different. What a story. Thanks to Kip and Mindy Rudo for inspiring us to look into the shape of wood as an extension of us, as a bat, as a drumstick, as a wooden surfboard, Donald Takayama. And in the world of food, yeah, Sandy Lee, my PA, she eats Cheetos with chopsticks. You know why? Because she doesn't want to get that orange all over her fingers. What a genius. But let's talk about next week. My guest is from Cedar sinai My home, my career for 33 years as an orthopedic surgeon. And I just love exposing you to the great minds that I get to work with, which is what makes Cedar so special. She's a trauma surgeon. Fractures, that's what she does. Her name is Dr. Carol Lynn. She's going to be my guest next week. And I can't wait for you to hear her because of all the people that teach young surgeons, she's the best. She's a teacher of super complicated concepts and her knowledge of the literature is breathtaking. But her calm voice, you'll hear it in her voice when you listen next week of how to break things down. And it made me think, how do I showcase? This is a macho male-dominated profession I'm in of orthopedy. you got to be big and strong. And here she is, and she's awesome. So I've already started to think about, who am I going to talk about in the world of sports and the world of art? That's Carol Lynn. The journey is incredible. The teaching. Well, Pat Summit was the greatest basketball coach we've seen since John Wooden, Pat Summit, and her journey will amaze you. And in music, it's Barbara Streisand. I cannot wait to do the show next week. Until then, I leave you with Volare, which means we're singing and we're flying, which we do every Saturday. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.
Volavo, volavo, 